आई वी एम वेलकम टू एब्सोल्यूटली राइट आई एम योर होस्ट अदिति सुराना थैंक यू सो मच फॉर बींग हियर एंड थैंक यू फॉर ऑल योर मैसेजेस एंड क्वेश्चन In today's episode IVM podcaster DJ has investigated the subject of graphology with a lawyer's grit. We spoke about why handwritings change over time, struggles of left-handed writers and his apprehensions to believe graphology. We also discussed personal areas like how giving honest feedback makes things complicated for him and how his idea for balanced life won't make him happy. as per my analysis of his handwriting dhananjay chak popularly known as dj is the co-host of india's number 1 cricket podcast edges and sledges he is a cricket fanatic devoted indian team supporter and a finance lawyer who lives in london dj will be joining us on the other side of this short break stay tuned Hey everybody, welcome to another week on the IVM Podcast Network. If you're not following us on social media, please do. We're IVM Podcast on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. I'd like to thank our sponsors this week, Paytm Money. Do definitely check out our social media accounts. We've been doing some really cool stuff over there. There are a bunch of recommendations from hosts. I think you'll really enjoy the content that we're putting out there. And make sure you don't miss our favorite shows. Cyrus says has been putting out some great stuff, as is the Prakriti Podcast. All about policies. Been doing some really, really fun stuff. The guys of football should ball and football twaddle are continuing to release episodes as well, which are really interesting. Best of all, Sanupam's been having like guest after guest, just killing it. Pulia Basu's been doing so well. Postcards from nowhere. All these shows are really, really doing well and really, really putting out great stuff. Appreciate all the efforts that the hosts are putting in in the lockdown, and uh, I hope you guys are enjoying this stuff. And with that, let's continue with the show. On today's episode, we have one more podcaster, DJ, with us. Hi, DJ. Hi, Aditi. How are you? I'm doing very well. How are you? How is it in London? How is lockdown working out for you? Um, I'm very well, thank you. It's been I think 45, 46 days in lockdown now, so uh, wow. it is getting a little bit long. But uh, there is talk about lifting the lockdown soon. Um, okay. Hopefully that happens. Hopefully uh, things get a little bit better. But uh, no formal announcement as yet. But uh, I'm safe and well, and um, yeah, that's uh, more than anyone can say at the moment. Really. Yeah. Yeah. a day at a time all of us are like really going only with that one strategy right we have no clue where we are getting into absolutely a day at a time a meal at a time and uh, one gym indoor gym session at a time right of course <laughs> <laughs> so uh, uh on absolutely right this is our format we're going to i have your handwriting sample that i have already received i've looked into it and we're going to jump in and you're going to ask me questions and then i'm going to talk about things that i'm going to ask you questions so over to you Yeah, so interesting that you asked me for a handwriting sample because, um, and when I was doing the handwriting sample, I realized that I don't write very much anymore. Okay. Um, a lot of my work, I'm a lawyer by profession, so a lot of my work is done on the computer. So you're either typing out an email or you're um, typing out a document or you're answering things. There, are, everything's kind of online and right. via keyboard. Yep. So my first question to you, and I don't know whether you've had this before on this podcast, is how relevant uh, is handwriting going to be in the future? Because are are children going to be taught QWERTY rather than ABC? Yep. I agree. I agree. And I had this question at one point where I was contemplating whether I should continue with this career or not. Around I think ten years ago, and I'm I'm like you know 
what if people stop writing? What would I do after 20 years, 30 years? Then I suddenly realized uh, there are two aspects to it. Have you ever done uh, Zentangle or doodling ever before? Have you tried it? Uh, so I I don't know what formal doodling is, but like while I'm on a call at work or something, and you'll oh, find that my my stuff will my my uh, notebooks will be full of scribbles along with my notes on the side. So even if you don't even if you don't write, you kind of scribble. You kind of have handwritten whatever images as your hmm. way of expressing or thinking. So there is this communication that is on all hmm. the time. Even hmm. if we stop signing, which may happen soon, at the end of the day. We are not counting on handwriting as a skill, but we are counting on the, the coordination between your hand and your mind, which is constantly going on. And when we count on that, there's so much to it. Now, at the end, we are trying to read the patterns your mind is shaped into, which is your brain and you know, the chemistry underneath that. And without knowing how you think, it is so difficult for us to go about our days, make our choices. And all of us make some or other assumptions about it, right? If being a lawyer, if you want to choose what your argument would be or what your stand would be on something, definitely you would take a backseat and look at things from your perspective. Now, your perspective is something that you've built over the years. I would use handwriting and I do that now also. But even in the future, I would use doodling, scribbling, whatever information people give out through the stroke formation as a way to, to actually perceive how people think. So when you think of writing, you are you a fan of the Roach test, the butterfly pattern? Yes. I, yeah? I kind of so you know. think it actually works? I don't know whether it works or not, but I think I, I have I've studied about it. So I wouldn't say whether it mm. works or not, but I have seen the patterns and I've seen people really indulging in it. So, yeah. Interesting. Because all I know about that is that uh, you can identify a serial killer by what they see in those uh, ink smudges. Yeah, and, and but it, it works like that because why am I saying because it is in a way simplified. When I look at graphology, there are 800 permutations and combinations that alphabets can give out. So I would look at that. So I must tell you this. I began my career. I can't say career. I began this hobby uh, because once I was at a personality development course and my teacher asked me to make some zeros. And I, would, I looked at the zeros, which everybody made. And I picked up pages that my friends had drawn on and I started talking about their personalities and it became so natural. Uh, and all of us were surprised. I was a teenager, so I was like, oh my God, I'm getting attention. So I was very happy about it. But if you look at it, that was only one formation that gave out information. And now I have so many formations. So now I can't go back and simply look at the zeros and talk about it. You're just over information, probably overqualified to do that simple thing. But it is possible. So what you're saying, those ink smudges and those minute strokes do represent mine. But when I look at it now, I have so much more information available. So I would look at a handwriting sample. Very interesting. So, so the next question I actually have for you, and uh, it's, in, it's, again, when you ask me for a handwriting sample, because I'm not used to it, um, it took me a little while to work out what I'm going to write. Yeah. But over the years at school now, Growing up in the 90s, handwriting, marks for handwriting was actually a thing, right? Um, so, Where did you grow up? So I grew up in India. I, I uh, studied in Calcutta for six years. Okay. Um, I went to school in Calcutta for the first six years. I then went to Hyderabad uh, for four years. Okay. And then I went to Delhi for another four years. 
So that's that's kind of my school leg, like, and then back to law school in Hyderabad for uh, five years. Um, there was a lot of writing in law school, so that was oh. you did lots of exams, and you know, I think speed was more the uh, emphasis. But back in school, I think um, having a good handwriting was very important, and it was very stressed. Uh, I went to a uh, Protestant school in in. Um, yeah, Kolkata, then it mattered which, so much. Absolutely. So you were you were told that you needed to make sure that your handwriting was good. But over the years, I found I had different handwritings and I could change my handwriting depending on what I felt like writing that particular year. So, for example, uh, I had a cursive hand. um, But then I thought maybe, I think it was class six, that I just decided to write disjointed letters for a whole year. And they did not kill you for it? No, they didn't because that I'd moved to another school by then. So, this is class six. I'd left uh, the... um, a school in Calcutta in, in class four. Okay. But having grown up writing in cursive, uh, I changed my handwriting for that one year to uh, writing letters by themselves. And then I switched yeah. back. So what, what does that tell you? Do people do that often or no, is that no, uh, a mark of a serial no. killer or something? Or <laughs> Yes, it is. Should we, should we report you? <laughs> well, and this is kind of minority report until I've actually yeah, it. Is. <laughs> it is actually. So people do not do that. Handwriting changes happen over a period of time. So I have met very few people who would decide and change the script. People unknowingly change their handwriting. When they move from one school to another, it happens because so much uh, changes for the child. You know, like when, when you have that friend circle, certain environment, and when you move out of it, you go through personality changes and that's where handwriting changes. But I haven't come across somebody mentioning that as a child, I consciously changed my writing as an experiment. It mm. changes, but you did it other way around. Now, uh, let me tell you what these two scripts mean. Now, when you have a cursive hand, uh, what it means is fundamentally having many, many thoughts connected to each other, being more organized. Whereas disconnected handwriting means you're being more disorganized, more creative, and also more intuitive. You know, for, for somebody who is that young, Probably you might have not looked at it as intuition, but creativity and wanting to express yourself differently. Also, no, I, I probably saw friends' uh, handwriting and thought that this looks nice. So I maybe probably, wanted to copy it. That's what we think, but it cannot be your handwriting and you can, cannot do it consistently without having some shift in your thinking process. Mm. So, you know, you might have not realized it, you know, as a child, probably it was traumatic, it was difficult. And while coping up with all the changes that were happening around, one Mm. fine day you look at this writing and you find that appealing. Mm. What makes things appealing for us is very interesting. Not everything is appealing for you and I. We literally have our choices that are happening underneath before we say this is appealing for me or not. Mm. And as I've come out of law school, the other change that's happened is because as a lawyer, you read a lot of things and make a lot of margin notes. Right. My handwriting has got smaller and grubbier and it goes into all sorts of odd angles because you've got to fit your margin notes into the right. side of the page, which right. is already typed, right? Yeah. So I find I've, I've been holding a pen differently to make sure that you can fit your things. And so, I mean, I think I've actually, if you ask me, I don't have a set handwriting anymore because of all of these things. And maybe I'm just a, a, a weird example. I don't know, maybe no, you've got the weirdest I, I person on your show. No, no, I don't think so. I like try our other podcasters. You never know. 
<laughs> so when you when I look at your handwriting, I don't find it small. I think it's a me- medium size handwriting, and also it's not uh, completely disconnected or completely cursive, which means it has a combination of both. So what you went through as a child remained, even if you would have gone back to your cursive writing, it has not stayed with you. Now it has come back, and now like you know, it is there, and the disconnection also shows. So let me uh, look at it and talk about a few things, and then then we will build from there. Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm I can't wait to hear this actually. Now, Vijay, uh, the first thing that comes to my mind is your end result orientation. When you look at things, you have a specific result in mind, and it matters to you that you go for it, you achieve that, or you at least keep trying your best to get to that outcome. That you do not give up until and unless. you have turned every single stone possible if you think that there's something remaining and you haven't given your best shot you cannot sleep without having given your best shot whatever happens eventually you're slightly okay with that i would not say completely because you obsess over it but you're slightly okay with whatever results but if you do not give your best shot then it gets to you to another level altogether that that is that is not acceptable in your world that's not entirely untrue i would say that's fairly accurate um yeah obsessing about stuff is not entirely untrue that is such a lawyer language <laughs> <laughs> no i think you're right in the sense that uh, i would say that i'm a perfectionist in some things uh not in absolutely everything because i don't think stuff i care about i, I don't think you're a perfectionist no? you strive for excellence all the time i agree with that Mm. but perfectionism comes from not making mistakes it comes from mm. fearing and being under pressure you don't have those things you want mm. to give your best shot and that's why i worded it like that because mm. it's not about falling or failing it's mm. about doing your best so at at some stuff although there's some stuff i that quite like to take a shortcut and stuff that i don't care about i'm fairly happy about in fact some would argue that uh, i'm very obsessive about our podcast and uh, I, I, that something matters to you. Yeah, so my co-host will tell you that I'm an absolute control freak when it comes to scheduling it because we live in three different countries, right? And wow, getting that's our so uh, getting our time zones right is just—I mean, it drives me insane. For some reason, I've I've been given this uh, this task of ensuring that we get to rightly the so. Podcast. Yeah, so but it also ensures that I keep chasing them, making sure that we do it, and. I mean, somehow we managed to put out an episode for two years and more. So, um, wow! But there'll be other things that I'll just be like, yeah, whatever, don't care. <laughs> no, it's also priority. You're very yeah, exactly. You're with exactly. your priorities. So As you said, no goal oriented. Con- yeah, there's no confusion about it. So you would not waste your time and energy on things that you don't care for, and that's something is slightly difficult for people to believe because they're like, but this is lucrative. You must go for it. You should do it. And you're like, yeah, whatever. you don't have that kind of affinity to all all topics but if you take interest in something whether it is financially lucrative or not you would jump in and you would do it because it matters to you yeah so, particularly because, podcasting not financially lucrative at all <laughs> <laughs> i agree <laughs> so when we look at uh, the other side of you you know in terms of the kind of person you are when it comes to relationship you're also that clear equally clear so when you deal with your friendships and any personal relationship you state what you require and you ask for what is needed now 
that is different for people to understand they're like but how is that happening aren't we supposed to like adjust and not speak about things and and you're like yeah probably it works for other people but when i am here i want to make sure that we create this space even in friendships you're very very clear about what you require what would you do and what not do and i find that very interesting because many times people forget that they can set boundaries people forget that they're supposed to set boundaries and you do not compromise on that i think that's true as well i i think my friends would tell you i either really like a person and i will do a lot for them or i'll just be totally yep. i won't i won't hate them but yeah, i just, just won't drunk. bother yeah i just won't bother as much so that that is interesting you've got that from handwriting again so though you haven't written and writing does talk about your personality mm. Mm, so indeed. over to you so let's yes, talk about any topic that is you know kind of uh, at the top of your mind or something that is bothering something that you're pondering about and you you may want me to bring my perspective to it um so my dad used to actually always say that um, in the old days he used to write letters to each other so he when he was at university like he'd write letters to his dad and his family and all of that stuff mm-hmm. um and his father told him that handwriting reveals what kind of mood you're in so if your handwriting is bad it means you're not having a good time mm-hmm. do do you think that's true or do you think um what what would you say from from the example that i sent you i don't believe in body shaming handwriting no <laughs> no <laughs> just hand shaming yes not even that but literally i believe that that good or bad handwriting uh, when people understand it it's all about appearance literally like body shaming is all about appearance but there is so much to a sample there's so much to a person that can be revealed and also at at a base level i believe people are not good or bad or there are no good or bad traits it's about what you have and how do you manage to go about your life there are people who have extreme anger traits but they are also very passionate about what they do and they channelize the same energy which otherwise a person can throw around and and abuse other people so it's not necessarily the traits that make you good or bad it's about how you manage to to build the the whole chemistry and how where do you take it so mm. there's no good or bad handwriting according to me no good looking and ugly looking handwriting that people are referring to but that's not mm. good or bad handwriting so, what do you think about left-handers and their handwriting you know so interesting that you ask me this because people who write with left hand actually has creative bend of mind and i've seen mm. so many artists with that trait but there's one particular thing that they do which is very peculiar they cross their t's or they any underline that's supposed to do they do it other way around yeah mm. they actually take it from the right side of the page to the left side because they're writing with their left hand so everything else they write from left to right only the horizontal lines most of them tend to start at right right side of the page and they go to the left side because and they finish the word i suppose at the end and then the, they come back they and they just scratch it yeah and that mm. according to uh, graphological terms it's a very negative and very self critical trait negative because only because you tend to criticize yourself a lot and i've spoken to numerous people with left-handed handwriting and they believe they agree to this part they're like yes we do criticize ourselves a lot for some reason there's no connection with being left-handed and criticism 
but they do have that that common factor they criticize themselves for not fitting into the normal uh, zone behaving like other people something or other because but this is a very very common thing that i have heard they were the other most that, people to sit next to it during exams because they would encroach on your space when you're trying to write with your true. right hand yeah, they, their elbow would that. arrive into your hand <laughs> while you you're trying to write so. like that Uh, I think I may have sat next to someone from another year who I, who was left-handed because we okay. used to we couldn't sit next to your same year you sat next to people oh. uh, a couple of, I think at law school and that that was uh, fairly annoying That's how you remember okay Yeah yeah but um, otherwise yeah I mean interesting do you, do you think people still um, are forcing their kids to change over to being right-handers because that used to happen previously because left-handers were seen as weird I and no not for weird for some reason people believe now with with newer school and newer thinking patterns people are not doing that anymore mm-hmm. because they've seen many many successful artistic people being left handed so people don't do it but i do feel in india there is a tendency to first try and shift as much as you can and if your child does not comply then then you just give up so i mm-hmm. do see that as a tendency but i remember my friends uh were punished because they were left handed uh, people so they were punished and and it's horrible it was like not fun wow that yeah. that's pretty intense especially girls time. you know it wasn't a good thing for a girl in india back in the day that you know you every every good thing we used right hand so it wasn't a cool thing for a girl to have that as a preference so oh, wow yeah interesting interesting yeah. how did you get into graphology as a hobby i mean did you study it or did you just self study it or no uh, there, there are international certifications on the topic and I have oh, done wow. multiple along with that i have studied uh, psychometric assessment tools i've combined them with graphology to come up with interpretation so and writing can give you information but the very moment you talk about a personality type it, it opens up so much so i realized that i cannot only talk about handwriting and continue having a conversation after a point because after a point you want to know so what happens how do you change what do you do what all you can alter now all of that became part of psychometric assessment which i am otherwise qualified to do but i combined with graphology because i find it fascinating mm-hmm. i feel this nothing reveals a person like handwriting according to me because any psychometric test that you go through you're constantly maneuvering the results you know that oh this respond uh, reply would mean this and if i respond like this that's what the assessor would understand about me so consciously or unconsciously or constantly uh, feeding and maneuvering the information whereas in handwriting you have no clue what what you're writing and what it means so it kind of works interesting so you also asked me to sign because uh, as a kid i was told you're not supposed to have a signature so you see my signature So my signature is just my name. You'll see. I I have uh, my yeah, passport has that. My, so I was told that uh, I don't know. It was for some reason. Um, if your signature doesn't later match, you change your signature or whatever. I was just told write your whole name. Okay. So that is my signature. I don't actually have a short hand or uh, maybe <laughs> if I'm in a rush or something, Lama. I'll. I'll I'll do something different, sir. As I said, it's interesting being a lawyer because I think as lawyers, lawyers I've seen doing initials everywhere required. Um, so I think 
it's the people signing the documents that do the initialing. No, the, also the, like when you approve things and when you send your drafts. We just send it by email, okay, so yeah. we don't need to anymore. I guess older, olden times, maybe. Older, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but uh, I mean, other than maybe signing forms, signing um, documents. Everything's online now. Again, you yeah. you sign once, right, to open your bank account. And then yeah, in a way, in India, we still do like thirty-two times DMAT account opening form. So. Ah, okay, yeah. okay. So, uh, <laughs> uh, but that, maybe that's why because um, just writing my name as my signature yep. would make sure that it would be the same throughout. Actually, that that is your again logic. But as I was saying, every choice that you make about your writing or anything else, you make you choose. You know, some people like certain colors. You like. Mm. Certain kind of books, or some people love to eat uh, their dessert first, and then they eat the main course. Whatever, whatever choices you make, mm. actually everything talks about you. So when you say, "Oh, somebody told me," and I followed it, but you had so many chances to change your signature into whatever you wanted. But you and being a lawyer, also you follow precedent, right? So you've already done it, so you keep doing it. Yeah, again, Same that's way. what you think. But if you decide, if you could have, uh, you know, if you, I feel, if you wanted to, you could have changed it into anything. Correct. But it didn't happen. You Correct. chose to stick to this handwriting, this signature. Now, mm. this actually talks about uh, when you anybody who has signature and handwriting matching each other, and yours is not completely matching. There are some changes, but even if they are like matching signatures, handwriting sample and. Auto autograph or signatures are identical. That means, as a person, you say or behave the way you are, even in public. So you take time. You would not open up. That's how you are as a friend, even in a close circle. You will take time. You would not open up easily. Uh, you do question a lot before trusting anything or anybody, and that you do even in public. So you don't suddenly morph into someone else because you are surrounded. Other, which you might have noticed other people doing. They kind mm. of behave in a certain manner when they're surrounded by uh, authorities or relatives or other family members. Suddenly become different people. And you have chosen not to do that. That also means that when people don't like you and you can see that, you're okay with it. You're like, okay, you're not my kind of a person and that's fine. Mm. And that's not everybody's choice. People do fear being rejected. They fear not being validated and they struggle with that fundamentally because of that, that fear of not being validated. It has made things difficult for you for sure. And uh, you have chosen to just walk, walk by. You're like, okay, fine. That's what my life is all about. Interesting. There's food for thought. Definitely. Very interesting. Let's talk about cricket. So when did that begin for you? And how are you managing both your interests, which are really, you know, not similar in many, many ways? So cricket, like uh, most children in India, we started playing uh, at home. We played in the streets. We played wherever we could find a, a place, right? So right. Um, I played at school. Then I uh, played... Uh, at college, I played a little bit of representative cricket at uh, state level. Nice. Uh, but then, of course, law school happened. So, I went to it, law school and uh, basically played cricket at university. And mm-hmm. I played uh, at, in London as well. So, I play for a club over here. And it's all friendly and nice. And 
but of course, cricket uh, podcasting and um, so we started as a blog called One Tip One Hand in 2014 uh, okay. because I, I really enjoyed writing and uh, I wanted to write about something I I enjoyed as well, so cricket and of course. Uh, cricket gives you a lot of material to write about with the sure. cricket team. Sure. Um, so we started our blog in 2014. My friend Varun joined and then his brother Ashwin joined the okay. blog as well. And then the blog was doing well. But um, writing, you'll know, takes a lot of time. It takes research. It takes, um, you, you've got to make an argument for people to be interested in what you're reading. Right? I mean, you right. just can't say, okay, Kohli is good and Rohit is bad or whatever. <laughs> no, not that I'm saying Rohit is bad, but um, or Mumbai Indians will win. Or, so what we felt was that it was eating up so much of our time writing the blog that it would maybe easier to do a weekly wrap of what happened in the world of cricket. And right. so in 2018, about four years after we started, we decided to start a Facebook live show. Okay. Because um, we had a lot of following on Facebook uh, on our page and stuff. and um, That then uh, kind of pivoted into an audio-only podcast. So we started our podcast uh, on Anchor. So we weren't hosted on IBM. And okay. We started on our own. And then we um, moved to IBM in 2019, just after the IPL and before the World Cup started. So okay. we've now been on IBM for about a year and a half. Um and yeah, I mean, it gives us a chance to keep in touch with the game. It gives right. us uh, a chance to keep in touch with each other, actually, because uh, we live in all three different countries and uh, Varun and Ashwin are brothers, so they get to speak to each other as well, which is nice. Um, <laughs> but we we get together once a week, chat about the latest games that have happened, chat whatever is coming into our minds at that point. And it's just a bit of fun and it seems to have done well. We've uh, somehow... Uh, reached number one in India and cricket, which is just insane. I mean, wow. the way we started this wow. was just... <laughs> That's I mean, amazing. Yeah, maybe small sample size, but um, yeah, we enjoy it more than anything else. We've got some awesome listeners who interact with us on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. So it keeps us going and keeps us motivating to come out every week with a new episode. So, so what are the similarities between both your passions? Uh, what is the other one? Oh, I thought law, but okay, fine. Uh, so law, is, so law, law. So cricket has got lots of rules. Um, okay. I think cricket teaches you discipline. Uh-huh. Um, it teaches you. Um, I mean, I really enjoy test cricket. So it teaches you that things can change right. over time. So it teaches you that. Um, law is. I enjoy the law. I I, I do enjoy working uh, as a lawyer. I do some pretty interesting work during the day, but uh, I think cricket allows me to switch off from that more than anything else. And weirdly enough, I think podcasting has helped me become a more confident speaker. Mm-hmm. And a lot of my day is spent on conference calls. Okay. Uh, speaking to opposing counsel or speaking to um, our clients and uh, trying either trying to explain something or convincing them of something. And so. Yeah. I think podcasting has actually helped my career in that respect. Um, oh, nice. Okay. And I mean, work is pretty supportive because obviously you only do it once a week on the weekends. Okay. And uh, My boss is a big uh, cricket fan as well. So he's been okay. trying to get me to get, uh, he's Australian. So he's been trying to get me to get Harpajan on the show. So hopefully one day that will come true. <laughs> so I must say, when I look at your writing and if I have to find um, commonalities between your two professions, I must say that analyzing things 
putting them in different perspectives, uh, finding what is missing in the entire piece. You do that as a habit. So there, there's a, a handwriting stroke that talks about it. The acute observations that you have about every single thing. So even if you are shopping and buying vegetables or whatever you're doing, you're constantly observing and constantly analyzing data that comes your way. I feel in both these areas, you get to do that. And that is really, really stimulating for you. Mm. So anytime you get exhausted or you get bored or you don't know what to do, and if that is happening in the lockdown, you must pick up areas, topics, discussions, books that can help you feel more intellectually stimulated, where you can mm. analyze, you can find gaps more than anything else. I was about to say find faults, but that's wrong. Find gaps. <laughs> that too, but find gaps. Let's stick to that. Mm-hmm. So find, uh, literally find out things which are missing, missing pieces. You really love to investigate. And I think you do that uh, in both your interests. Uh, yeah. With- and that's very interesting because you gave the example of shopping and uh- the reason I'm really bad at directions is I'm always lost and I'm thinking about something else while I'm doing something like shopping. Okay. So when you're doing kind of mundane daily tasks, I will I will literally just switch off and start thinking of something else. No. Um, so interesting. I, I actually just thought about that. Like, okay, okay. That, that, is, that is a very interesting observation. But how, how are you managing with your, uh, your two professions and hobbies and stuff? How, how are those? Uh, how, do, you th- do you think one what of them has... One, one is podcasting now, right? How is podcasting helping I think, I think it your... is handwriting. It is completely handwriting for me. So I I feel I'm so much in love with this one topic that every mm. time I look at a handwriting sample, I blush. I'm not kidding you. It's just like it's damn funny. It's just like, you know, that whole relationship of figuring things out is just on for 15 years. So every time I have tried going away from it, life has not been this much fun. So even when we thought of doing the podcast, I wanted to speak about concepts. And I said, okay, I am also a graphologist, but you know, coaching is that. Mm -hmm. And Kavita, who is uh, the co-founder of IVM, and also we have our production team. So everybody's like, no, no, we are not going away from handwriting. This is so interesting. So Mm -hmm. I used to do a radio show, which was based on handwriting. So we thought that would be so unique. Now, I love it. I, for me, this is like, you know, something that you're passionate about. But when it becomes your profession, you also kind of keep delivering at your passion. So mm-hmm. I wanted to, uh, so many times in my life, I thought I should find some escape. I should do something else. But nothing feels like doing handwriting analysis. I feel I really find my voice and I find myself. So I think for me, podcasting is one more way of analyzing people. So you're using the spoken word to analyze the written word. I like that. I like that. I'm going to use this one. <laughs> what is your podcast about? I'm going to use that. One. <laughs> no, it's good. It's great because, uh, I, I mean, as you said, you get a lot of insight without even meeting me. So, I mean, you would have seen my handwriting sample. And what what were the three things that you thought immediately? So what were the three things that jumped into your head? Or maybe no, even I- there was one. I don't know. No, actually, the first thing that came to my mind uh, about your learnability, when you pick up something, you're highly learnable. And I think that's one of the most important skills I feel people do not have. People have certain ideas and they don't know how to reinvent themselves every now and then. 
Now, looking at you, it may come across that you've picked up few things when you're continuing in the, the same area, and you've not necessarily reinvented yourself horizontally. You're not jumped from one thing to another, and you're fairly consistent with whatever you have picked up. But if you look at it, if you keep, uh, if you master any of your skill sets, you move to the next level of it. You level up. You level up. You level up. And that is very interesting. So that stood out for me because I rarely find people with that ability to move faster. And I must tell you this: a part of my curiosity and research is about studying people with handwriting and otherwise who are high performers, people who have done really great in terms of you know uh, going beyond their own limitations and doing something which is unbelievable. I love doing that. and i see learnability as one of the key areas i have found in their handwriting and their conversations and everything that they have done so they have failed they have fallen but they haven't given up because they could reinvent and they could learn more so you do have that as a, as a prominent trait for sure yeah. second thing i saw was um, the analytical thinking that we were speaking about also becomes slightly aggressive for relationships and and emotions because people don't understand how how to function around you they do not understand they can't take so much of straightforward clearly articulated emotional experience they don't get it and that becomes a struggle <laughs> even if even if you are very clear about it that doesn't mean they are willing to hear things for what they are and i think that's so important i'm just looking at my wife who's sitting here she's i'm going to make sure that she listens to this Yes, I, I I would like to take some notes and and discuss it with her. She is in absolute agreement at this point. <laughs> and analyzing an argument does not help. Yeah. <laughs> When people are angry, anyway. Yeah. The third point I felt was um, sometimes you do tend to be lazy. You just uh, you can't walk a little bit more, and you can achieve slightly more than what you're doing right now. but there's a sense of uh, lethargy if i may say or apathy also because you're like yeah whatever goals and all these things what's the point now is it really true i don't think so i feel there was a point where your ideas were very very clear in last i feel 2 to 3 years you're questioning what exactly are you achieving by the choices you're making professional what exactly do you want to create and i see a slight shift in your thinking so there was this complete clarity and you wanted to go for it and you wanted to achieve things and now you're like is it really worth it uh, do i really want to do it so there is this introspective second thought that is lingering it could be about the job it could be about the the kind of project you are into but that's what is happening so that mm. was the third thing i thought about so professionally you say that's what's happening professionally i don't think personally mm. as much professionally interesting because i think it's a function of where you get to in your life as well at a certain age you try and figure out is this is this what you want or if you want something more or something less right so especially this lockdown i mean i think it's put put a lot of things in perspective for a lot of people right oh it's yeah like, you know i know you're just sitting there because uh, i was supposed to work the last weekend before the lockdown came down so yeah uh, luckily i managed to finish all my work on friday but uh um, okay. Our clients had asked for uh, work on Saturday, and I just stayed late on Friday and did it. But I'm just thinking, if this had been the last 
weekend before six weeks of lockdown or how many ever weeks it's been now. Yeah. Um, would it have been worth sitting in the office and just, I mean, the work was done, right? So the work got done. But if I hadn't made, if I'd gone home early on Friday or gone yeah. home at normal time on Friday and not stayed mm-hmm. late, how much would I have regretted not being able to go out on the last Saturday before the lockdown? Oh, yeah. That's so um, true. That's so true. But in your case, it is not happening because of the lockdown. It happened no, no. much before. Mm-hmm. So that putting things into perspective started two years ago. Now, mm-hmm. probably lockdown is just reconfirming what you had thought about already. Mm-hmm. It is helping you probably gather more data and speak to more people and you know, overall analyze the situation in a better light. But you yeah. had done that anyway. So I'm referring to that aspect that you had any which was done that. Mm. Uh, and I agree. And I mean, with every job and every uh, performer, what you have is three things, right? Three things I think motivate people. And maybe this is going into like a corporate podcast now. So we'll do that. <laughs> no, please. And it's, uh, it's either money, people are motivated by money, or uh, promotions and prospects, or people are motivated by a work life balance. And now if a job can offer two of those three, I think people are fairly happy. And so that's where I am at the moment. I'm fairly happy where I am. But it's the fact that I've thought about this means that, as you say, I have been thinking about this kind of thing for the last, uh, I'd probably say a little bit longer, four or five years. Okay. So I must also say that uh, you have to, even in this process of analyzing and looking at things, you have to keep one thing in mind very, very clear that no matter what you uh, do and you may consider this as a work-life balance choice, but keep your analytical and your stimulation, intellectual stimulation requirement fulfilled or intact. It's very, very important Mm. because at this point in time, you do not understand exactly what you want. Uh, You know, we just want to be in this balance and it feels nicer to think like that. But without taking care of our internal requirements, when we try to create a balance, it becomes frustrating. Mm. Because no matter how balanced you are, if you don't get enough data to analyze and things to uh, feel stimulated by, that's not a comfortable space for you. Mm. Mm. Just like a slightly different. So, you know, otherwise people think uh, being in a balance means not thinking in in a critical manner. In your case, critical manner is building the Mm. balance. No, so no, it's agree. contrary, contrary yeah. to most uh, yeah. I, most people's idea of how balance would look like. So keep mm-hmm. that in mind anytime mm-hmm. when you make different choices. Mm-hmm. No, very interesting. Definitely uh, an interesting perspective. Well, lovely having you on the show. It was no. such a free-flowing conversation, and I didn't expect. I, you know, when you when we began talking, I'm like, I think I'm. I really have to nudge and have to like get to this conversation but it didn't happen like that it became free flowing I'm happy no it was great it was really interesting uh, that you got all of that out of a 10 line paragraph that I wrote uh, primarily promoting a podcast <laughs> and yeah. that's what I was thinking about it oh actually I do not read what you write so I have no ah. I don't want you to influence me to listen to your podcast and all I don't read Okay, that, that's cool. You don't have to. That's fine. No, no, I would love to. I want to see how you boys talk about it. But I am, I'm, I haven't heard the podcast, but I'm going to now, after meeting you and after talking to you, I'm curious. Now. No, it's been an absolute pleasure. I've really enjoyed this. And uh, I'm sure you'll have many more interesting guests with many more weird quirks. So uh, good luck with all of that. And uh, I think yeah. beard is where you're setting the tone and I'm really happy about it.
<laughs> I mean, what's what's world without quirks, right? Totally agree. Totally agree. <laughs> Say hi to your wife and do tell her that I will be calling her to check on my notes of the analysis after after she listens to the podcast. Episode. Absolutely, I, I will ask her to do that. <laughs> awesome. Okay. Thank you so yeah, much. Thanks very much. Thanks so much. I hear many people speak about work-life balance. The idea of having a quiet, relaxed, and easy life feels like the ideal goal. As I mentioned to DJ, unfortunately or fortunately, not everyone is happy without stimulation. We all get turned on in different ways. By turn on, I mean being intensely involved and completely absorbed in the experience. The question is, are you turned on in your life? Are you turned on by your life choices? Let's discuss this topic on a Friday episode. Listening to other people's experiences can open doors to your own clarity. I am keen to know what were your takeaways from today's episode. What action will you be taking today to improve something in your life? Do write to me on my Instagram account Aditi Surana. Let's connect on Friday. Till then, happy writing. How many times have you motivated yourself to improve your sleep or lose weight or be more productive? How many times have you failed? Hi, my name is Ashton Doctor. Tune into my show The Habit Coach Podcast where we focus on creating small tiny habits to improve your life instead of those big impossible tasks. So make listening to me a habit every Monday, Wednesday and Friday on the IVM Podcast app or ivmpodcast.com. or on your favorite podcasting app Sachin Tendulkar Virat Kohli Don Bradman and now Cyrus Brocha okay probably not in the right company i mean don bradman is australian but it's called cyrus says a wonderful show about everything find the show on the ivm podcast app ivmpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts